Miami season starts off in about a month, and you have questions about your team, so we open up the mailbag and talk about some potential trades, Duncan Robinson's potential mindset entering training camp, and which team is Miami's biggest rival, all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Thursday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However, you may be listening or watching on YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making us your first listen every day. I am David Rommel, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Wes Goldberg. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're opening up the mailbag as uh, we're in between news regarding Kevin Durant's decision not to go anywhere, I guess, accepting that he's going to be with the Brooklyn Nets, at least in the foreseeable future. Nothing happening yet with Donovan Mitchell, who we'll talk about a little bit later. But we're also going to be answering some questions about this Miami Heat roster, including which five players might be the best to bring with your uh, with you for a potential bachelor party? So that should be a really good question. But we'll start off with this question that comes from our good pal Pete. He writes in, Hello, David and Wes. I keep hearing about our thirst for Donovan Mitchell. Our team is so guard-heavy and lacks a power forward. Miles Turner has to be a higher priority, which also allows us to keep Hero. Turner and Bam also allows us to easily start Hero and to pay him. Trey Duncan gave Yurt 7 and one draft pick for Turner and pay hero. Depot will be the next six man of the year, and Caleb can go back to being the free free safety while Deadman can cover off nights. Next offseason, we will have even better tradable assets. The Pacers can send Duncan, Yurt 7, and Buddy Heald to the Los Angeles Lakers, presumably for Russell Westbrook now that they have uh, Patrick Beverly on that roster, another potential Heat target at some point. At least there was a rumor that the Heat would look after Patrick Beverly, but not really an area of need. So let's focus on the question from Pete West. What do you think, first of all, about our thirst for Donovan Mitchell and the fit for Miles Turner on Miami's roster? Yeah, let's start with the Donovan Mitchell part of it, too, because um, the Athletics' Tony Jones reporting this morning that um, the Jazz have obviously been in constant communication with the New York Knicks about trading Donovan Mitchell there, but that also the Brooklyn Nets and the Miami Heat are potential landing spots for Donovan Mitchell. So this is one of those, nothing against Tony Jones uh, here, and I don't mean it this way, but it's sort of one of these non-report report things, right. and, and it's sort of making the rounds this morning. Um, and it just feels like it's a leverage play. Basically, within the story, Tony Jones himself reports that Miami has nothing that interests Utah in terms of matching a package for Donovan Mitchell, and that Brooklyn can't really make that deal because Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons can't play together. Yeah. And I guess that begs it's the question, why not just overall. trade? Like it, it's, it's weird. It's, you it's could trade Ben Simmons. Like, it's like, yeah. according to a source, Donovan Mitchell, if he had a preference, would prefer these three teams. It's like, but two of them can't really offer anything of interest. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, all right, these are two teams of interest to Donovan Mitchell, but not of any interest to Utah. And it kind of sounds like right. the Heat have maybe moved on from the Donovan Mitchell thing because they rec not because they don't like Donovan Mitchell, but because they recognize they just can't compete with even the worst Knicks offer, right? Like a middling Knicks offer is better than anything Miami would be willing to offer. Of course, it would not include Bam Adebayo in any kind of trade like that. So, um, yeah, I just think that this is a leverage play. I think that given that the Knicks and the Jazz have been in constant communication, this is just an effort by the Utah Jazz, Tony Jones, the Utah Jazz beat reporter for The Athletic, getting his information from presumably the Utah Jazz. 
an effort from the Jazz front office to, to just basically wring as much out of the Knicks as possible. Sort of the final touches on any sort of trade negotiations. Can we get this extra pick? Can we get right. these protections lifted off of the off of what was offered? Can we get this player instead of that guy? Right. Whatever. I think it's basically a point. We're at the point now where it's a matter of when and for what and not if Donovan Mitchell gets traded to the Knicks. That's a good point. Uh, if anything... Like, that's a tr- deal that could fall apart. Like, either they're going to send him to the Knicks. That's my feelings, that they're either going to send him to the Knicks or they're just not going to yeah. trade him at all because they're not going to get what they want. Well, that was also in the report that they're comfortable, quote-unquote comfortable, mm-hmm. going into the season with Donovan Mitchell because they're going young and Donovan Mitchell is young. Right. So I don't uh, buy that for a minute, by the way. There's no way they bring Donovan Mitchell back. He's getting traded to the Knicks. Yeah. I just don't see that not I – I just don't see it not happening. I, I just also don't think that there's been enough of a, a public push. And I don't know if it's just – Mitchell not understanding how the game is played or not willing to tarnish his image uh, to the same degree that James Harden and even Jimmy Butler have in the past, like, you know, making a public trade request. Like, if he went out and and said, look, I've got this list of teams, and he definitively said, I want to go to these teams, make it happen, why not? But he's still trying to play both sides, I think. He's trying to, you know, kind of make things easier for him. Although, from what we've heard, Utah fans are not particularly enamored with Mitchell. They'd rather move on and not have him on the roster at all. That they they much more lamented the the yeah. departure of Rudy Gobert than uh, Donovan. So I just it, it it this isn't based on Donovan Mitchell's trade request. This is sort of different than the Kevin Durant thing or the James Harden thing or the Ben right. Simmons thing over the last few years. Like the Jazz are just clearly hitting the rebuild button. They don't believe Donovan Mitchell is sort of that top tier A one guy who right. you sort of just build around. They want to kind of hit that reset button and get younger. And it sounds like Donovan Mitchell's just like okay, like I get it. It kind of felt like he was always gonna leave Utah anyway sure but he never requested the trade this is right. sort of Danny Ainge and Utah's front office sort of getting ahead of it and maximizing this trade value now which is why I think they make a move now versus okay what are you gonna do if you're Donovan Mitchell yeah maybe you could average 30 points on a bad team for a year but teams aren't stupid like they know that those are sort of inflated numbers Donovan Mitchell is still what a top 30 player by any measure and one of the best 20 young prospects one of the best 15 young prospects in the league like sure. I, I think that's whatever in terms of the Miles Turner thing um, I like the trade idea yep. that's laid out here. I do wonder if now that the Kevin Durant thing is over, at least for now, and that Donovan Mitchell is not a realistic option for Miami, do they start to repurpose their assets that they were otherwise holding on to in case of a Kevin Durant deal, right? Duncan Robinson's big, chunky salary. That might have been something you had to send out to get Kevin Durant, right? So now that Durant's off the table, does that provide more clarity to this front office? And they say, you know what? Maybe we do go after a Miles Turner or just, again, building off of this question, a Harrison Barnes, a John Collins, right. somebody like that who fills that position of need as a starting power forward um, or, or center or whatever. Can we go after one of these players now that we know we don't have to hold on to these assets for Kevin Durant? Or does this front office say, you know what, it's only a matter of time before the next superstar comes available. And we have a question about that later on, too, in this mailbag episode. But uh, so let's hold on to many as, as many of those assets as possible still meaning like the first round picks and stuff like that. I can't imagine that you get Miles Turner without including the pick to the question to, to um, right. Pete's question here. You'd probably have to include a pick. Um, I like the fit of Miles Turner. Absolutely. I just don't know that Miami is convinced that Bam Adebayo is ultimately a power forward because Miles Turner can't play power forward for you. He has to play center. And, and so I wonder if you go into this season and say, let's experiment a little bit with Dwayne Dedman and even Overmere Yurtsevin as a power as a combination uh, in certain lineups with Bam at power forward and one of those traditional centers at the five 
and just see if it works sort of as like a beta test run. Yeah. And then maybe by the deadline, if Miles Turner is still in Indiana and they are, they're still willing to move him, maybe by the deadline we make a move. If like that first beta test goes well enough where we say, well, like, let's get a, a, a vastly superior player to those guys in exchange for some of those assets because we think that maybe Bam's future is at power forward. But it's hard for me to imagine the Heat committing to Miles Turner. I know he's on an expiring deal, but the idea would be if you traded him, trade for him, you would re-sign him. You don't want to lose him for nothing after a year and move assets for him. So if you're committed to getting somebody like Miles Turner, then that means you're committed to playing Bam at power forward, and I just don't know that the Heat are there yet. You're right. Uh, having said that, I think it would be a fantastic acquisition. Like, I hate the discourse around Turner because so much of it is is disingenuous or at the same time coming at it from a completely different angle. This is a player who was drafted very young on a Pacers franchise that has been very unserious over the last few seasons because they just can't seem to figure out who they want to be. There was the trade, you know, for Victor Oladipo. There was the DeMontis Sabonis acquisition on both of whom came from the Oklahoma City Thunder in exchange right. for Paul George. Like, they've just been rebuilding and retooling and then firing uh, Nate McMillan. And they just can't seem – they had that coach – I can't even remember the guy's name who was there for a half season, basically, and <laughs> right. lost the yeah. locker room immediately. Yeah. Uh, Rick Carlisle, you know, probably not able to connect – with the roster the same way that the you know the Pacers would like them to be uh, able to connect, but either way, like Pacers, like like, like I, I think like even the the talk about Turner and his love of Legos, like can't the man have like a life outside of basketball? Are people criticizing his Lego? I didn't realize they the think criticism he's uns- of Miles they Turner think he's was so serious about basketball, and it's like you you have to realize this is like the Joel Embiid Shirley Temple thing. Like who I, cares, dude? Yeah, until like, he becomes an yeah, MVP candidate in a couple of years, and everybody's like, oh, right, kind Miles of Turner won't. But he's he's a good player. He block yeah. first of all, he's a good fit for if you're just like checking boxes of what Miami needs. Miami, yep. not a good rebounding team. Miami, not a good shot blocking team. Miles yep. Turner, a good rebounder, a good shot blocker. And obviously if you're shooter. gonna if you're gonna pair Bam exactly, a good three point shooter, a very good three point shooter for his position. Right. If you're gonna pair Bam and move him over to power forward with a center, Miles Turner is sort of the the prototype. And three and B. Three and B Three and B. Yeah. Um so I like I, I like Miles Turner. I'm with you. I think the trade would be a home run if they were to do it and not have to give up a whole bunch for him. I just don't know that Miami is there yet. I like again. I like the idea of experimenting with Dwayne Dedman lineups because he's sort of like a poor man's Miles Turner, isn't he? A guy who can yeah. make some three point shots, a good rebounder, a physical presence in the middle. Let's see them experiment with those lineups with Dedman at the five, Bam at the four, and see if it works. Because Bam is your that's your cornerstone. That's your franchise player, right? Yeah. You got to maximize him first and foremost. So if you think it, he can take that next step as a power forward and not as a center, then you go ahead and find that ideal center who would maybe be something like Miles Turner. Well, let's move on quickly here to wrap up our first segment. This question comes from Rodrigo via YouTube. He writes, don't know if Colin Sexton has been discussed, but he might be a heat-made star, and Pat Riley calls him mini Jimmy, so there's obviously something there. I don't remember the reference from Riley calling Sexton mini Jimmy, but I think a little bit of that is overstated. Again, I think as a smallish guard, there's not really a need for him. There was some discussion about Sexton before the acquisition of Kyle Lowry last year, and certainly about, uh, regarding uh, overlooking the uh, the emergence of Gabe Vincent last year, Victor Lodipo as well being part of this roster, Tyler Hero being here. Like, There's just no real need for Sexton at this point. I like the idea of him as a young player that's kind of defensive-minded and also aggressive offensively. He's not a great shooter. I just don't see the fit, and I don't see that you're going to be able to pry him away from the Cavs, who I think would probably just match any offer Miami could make. Yeah, I mean, there, it, Pat Riley can like Colin Sexton and compare him and call him whatever he wants, but not necessarily want to have him on the roster, right? Like, you can like other players who are on other rosters. So just this this whole 
the reporting around this executive likes this player is just kind of out of whack to me and way mm -hmm. overstated. Anyway, it's like, you know, Pat Riley, do, Pat Riley, do you like Giannis? Yeah. Does that mean that Pat Riley's, I mean, Giannis is probably a bad example because he actually did try to chase Giannis. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm with you. Colin Sexton, I like Colin Sexton. I just don't think he's a fit for Miami and given what you would have to give up for him and this idea that just because him and Cleveland are working out this contract dispute that you can get him for nothing also makes no sense. Why would Cleveland do that? Like, it right. doesn't make any sense. Uh, Colin Sexton, 23 years old, 6'1", 190 pounds. The last year, he only played 11 games uh, because of injury. But the year prior to that, 2020, 2021, 24.3 points per game on 47.5% shooting, 37% from three-point uh, three range, 81.5% from the free throw line, 3.1 rebounds, 4.5 assists. Tyler Hero, a year younger, 22 years old, 6'5", 195 pounds. Last season, 20.7 points per game, so a few points less, but on a on a uh, better three-point percentage. He shot about 45% overall, almost 40% from three-point range. was a better free-throw shooter, 87% almost. Five rebounds, a better rebounder. Four assists, about the same. And then 0 0.7 steals. Uh, Colin Sexton, I think, was 0 0.8 or something like that, so roughly yeah. the same. Um, you're leaning into Tyler Hero. You can't afford to mess around with Colin Sexton. Maybe there's a world where you could pair Tyler Hero with another young guard. It doesn't just because you have one doesn't mean you can't have the other. But you have Kyle Lowry in place, and neither. And I would be okay like if you were gonna start thinking about the future, mm -hmm. putting a young guard like Sexton next to Tyler Hero in your backcourt if you believe that Tyler Hero can get much better defensively. Because we know that that's not going to be the case for Sexton just because of his size. Tyler Hero actually has the height to be a pretty average defender at the at probably at best. But um, neither of them are a true point guard. Right. Both of them are sort of combo guards anyway. So lean, you already have your young sort of combo guard scoring first guard in Tyler Hero. Let him be that guy. Right. You don't need Colin Sexton, and you don't need what it would, and, and you don't need him, given what it would cost to get him. You have yeah. other needs that you need to fill. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, well, we'll continue opening up the mailbag to answer some questions about what happens if the Clippers season doesn't go as expected. But before we do that, just a reminder that BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league from Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, of course, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting, scores, and podcasts. They've got you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. And just a reminder that you can always reach us via email at lockedonheat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLHeat. And be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review or to send in great questions like this one who will answer quickly from Philip. Uh, who would you want on your team? Playoff Jimmy or Playoff Reggie? Now, we assume, Wes and I, that Reggie yeah. is in reference to Reggie Miller. So Could be I Reggie Jackson. <laughs> He's had some big games for the Clippers in the playoffs. He, he could. He, we'll be answering a Clippers question later on, but I don't think Reggie Jackson yeah, yeah. is the one, unless no, you're talking about the not. Yankees playoff Reggie Jackson, Mr. October himself. I'm, uh, I'm I, going with Jimmy, but I'm going with playoff Jimmy, and I won't even argue the merits. I won't even argue the stats. Reggie Miller annoys me. I don't want him on my team. As a Jimmy player, Butler's, he annoys you, or as a broadcaster? Both. Okay. Both. I didn't wow. like him either way. Um, I have no... I just... No. Give me Jimmy Pollard. Come on, man. All right. No, I, I uh, like Reggie is a great shooter. Uh, certainly kept things interesting One of the during all those matchups against the Knicks and the Bulls oh, yeah. during the 90s. A great run there uh, at the same time. 
He was kind of a one-way player. I, I, I just I think you have to go with Jimmy Butler to be 100% honest yeah. with you. I don't. I just don't need him in the playoffs telling me afterwards, reporters, that was a Kodak moment. Like, get out of here, dude. I don't need any of that. But he's not going to tell you I'm, that as a player. I mean, that's that's him trying to come up with a voice as a broadcaster, yeah. man. Like, as a player, he was I'm telling already, Spike Lee that you, you know that the Knicks were choke artists. That's that's good yeah. stuff. No, he, he had a little bit of an edge, but I think also part of my seconds. bias. Eight eight point nine seconds, right? Is that the, the, nine points in eight seconds, right? I mean, come on, dude. Eight, nine points. It's like yeah. Um, part of me is biased. My dad grew up a Knicks fan and oh, basically instilled upon me I hate not to be a Knicks me. fan. I was raised I a Heat fan, not. I should but, not. but, um, uh, instilled upon me to not like Reggie Miller. So that's probably part of it. So do you hate Michael Jordan too? No, I mean, okay. no, come on. Well, I mean, Jordan much more lethal than Reggie Miller ever was. So Reggie Miller, much more annoying than Michael Jordan ever was. <laughs> Speaking of annoying, this question comes from Philip as well. Which team do you guys hate more? Boston or New York? It's Boston. It's, it's got to be Boston. The Knicks haven't done anything. What's to hate? <laughs> uh, I am also a listener of the Long Shot Podcast, and I think all the trade talk is getting a bit to Duncan. He is a bit of an overthinker. What do you guys think? Well, Philip, I have to agree with you. I, I think there's no way. I know NBA players are programmed to telling you the, the same party line over and over again. It's the business of basketball. You know, it's nothing. You control what you can control, etc. Having said all that, there's nothing that worries them more than the constant trade speculation. Like it, it's just it, it makes things so much more difficult. Players, like most human beings, crave stability. They want to have a stable front office. They want to have a stable coaching staff, which is part of why I was kind of hinting at with Miles Turner. It's like that whole Pacer situation has been really difficult for for right. a lot of players. Um, for Duncan, similarly, when it comes to the just yearly inclusion and in trade rumors. That's difficult. Plus the pressure of the salary and the new contract and everything else like that. You can dismiss it. You can overlook it. You can even publicly decry it. But at the same time, there's no way where it doesn't impact you because you're all of a sudden expected to do a lot more than what you were doing before. The bread and butter that got you that big contract in the first place. So mm -hmm. absolutely, I think uh, as an overthinker, as somebody that puts that pressure on himself, as somebody who has publicly talked about, uh, what's, what's, I forgot, the, uh, the imposter syndrome. Right. Things of that yeah. sort. Like I, I, he's also told me that it's kind of overstated that he can't. He is confident in himself. Like you don't get to the NBA right. without having incredible levels of confidence. But there is a pressure that you put on yourself to prove to everybody that you belong at this level. Uh, and, and I think he still puts that pressure on himself in, in you know in great amount. And that the contract certainly helped. The trade talk certainly challenges that every day. Uh, so I think yes, the pressure is getting to him, and I think he'll find a way to respond this season. Having said all that, I think he finds a way to bounce back. Um, I don't like the use of the word overthinker and it's sort of in the same line of, of sensitive, um, because it's just inherently well, you can't get out of your head as if it's a bad thing. I, I yeah, think, I, I think that's but, it. But we're acting like this is the first guy to go through a shooting slump. Like that's what a shooting slump is. It's being in your own head. You're, mm -hmm. it, it's the mechanics being just a hitch off or something. It's that's right. what it all. That's what it is. Duncan Robinson isn't the first player to go through a shooting slump. And by the way, slump. He still shot like what thirty seven percent, thirty eight percent from three point range last year. Right. He just wasn't top one percent of the league elite anymore. Right. And that's the difference. Uh, but this idea that he's like an overthinker and somehow that's a detriment to his game. Just I don't know, man. Like that. I just I don't. I, I push back against that notion. It's like how people look. I, I disagree a lot with what Kevin Durant does, but people mm. calling him sensitive as if it's a negative thing. It's like what you shouldn't be cognizant of how, what people are saying and how how you're feeling. Like that's a somehow a bad thing. I just I don't get what weird standard we 
put these athletes, like, hold these athletes to where they just got to be like basketball playing robots. I just don't get it. And so, yeah, was he in his own head last year a little bit? Of course he was. But again, he wasn't the first player to, it's, we're acting like he was the first player to ever do that and be through a shooting slump. It's, it's fine. I'm with you, man. He'll bounce back. He'll be all right. Second year of the big contract, a full offseason sort of backup, regroup, whatever. Um, I think he's still one of the best shooters in the NBA. He shot fine last year, not in an elite level. I think he'll get back to that. This training camp is really huge for Duncan Robinson. I will say that. And that if he if he is going to be cognizant of something, it's that, yeah, if you want rotation minutes, you're going to have to earn them in training camp. And there's going to be quite a bit of pressure on his shoulders when camp opens up. But this is a guy who went from Division II all the way to the NBA. He's dealt with challenges before, right. uh, bigger than this one. Bigger than this one. It's just a unique one. And, uh, and, and I'm with you. I think we'll see a bounce back. All right. Well, we'll take a break here, and we'll talk a little bit in the next segment about Montrez Harrell, whether or not he's an option for Miami, what happens with the Clippers if their season goes bad, and which five Heat players you would want to plan out your bachelor party. All that here on Locked on Heat. All right, thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. We're continuing our mailbag episode, and this question comes in from longtime listener Billy, who writes in, should the Heat consider Montrez Harrell for the 15th spot? I'm not paying the bill, so screw the luxury tax concerns. Here, yeah, here, here. Signing Harrell is an upgrade at the four over Caleb Martin. The Heat go all in to maxing the offense, and it won't really impede the whale hunt. So, Harrell, a free agent at this point, but there are, of course, extenuating circumstances for him. He was arrested in Richmond, Kentucky, in possession of three pounds of marijuana, uh, just a little light smoking over the weekend for Harrell, and a court date, thanks to the journalistic integrity and resources of uh, Mr. Wes Goldberg, Determining that Harrell has an upcoming court date set for next week, August thirty first. Right, is that correct? A little back, a little backstory on that. Originally, that that court date was set for mid July, mm-hmm. which at this at that had that been done, that I think it was like while we were in in Vegas for summer league, it was while summer league was going on. Had that been done, Montrose Harrell would have a lot more clarity. The reason Montrose Harrell is unsigned is because people don't know if he's going to be going to prison because the the felony charges that he could be charged with carry up to you know one to five years of prison time, and so. Yeah. People just don't know what his situation is. Why, you know, you're not going to sign him. Um, that original court date was pushed back from July to mid-August because of some sort of scheduling conflict with the courts um, in the county, and then it was pushed to to like August 10th, I think. And then there was no reporting around this at all since since two weeks ago. That court date clearly had not happened, um, and so I just went onto the county records and looked, and yeah, it's it's due for August 31st is his court date. So it was pushed back again, evidently. Um, and so maybe we'll get more clarity at that point. I, I probably not. You're not yeah. going to get like the day of that. Right. So I, I think this is a situation that could obviously go into the regular season. While as we try to get more clarity as Marcos Harrell's, but is he uh, is he even playing a fit, status? Though? Is he even a fit? He is a fit. I like I like the fit a lot. Just with that in mind, I think there's quite a few teams that would like him. I think Brooklyn has been linked. The Lakers have been linked. Um, and he makes sense for Miami. He's not. I know that people say he's he he could play power forward and center. You would prefer him to be playing the five for you. Yeah. But I think if you have somebody, if an under, he's undersized at the five, just like Bam is. But if you have somebody as versatile as Bam, I think Montrezl Harrell could still sort of be a fit. He's got an interesting little mid-range float game, mm-hmm. really aggressive rebounder, which yeah. I like uh, for the Heat specifically. Not much of a rim protector, uh, but defensively, you can switch out into the perimeter a little bit and do some things. It's a decent ball handler. Um, it would be a unique front court pairing 
it would basically be two small ball fives playing together in the front court. But given Miami's other options, it, that might as unique and maybe uh, strange as it would be, it also might be the best version. It uh, might be the best option for Miami in the front court too. So um, I think it's something that they could kick the tires on. The, the problem with it, again, is um, the Heat already have 14 players under contract with Udonis Haslam coming back. They don't want to go to 15 players because that would basically thrust them into the luxury tax. And that's something that they're trying to avoid because they anticipate being in the luxury tax next year. And then that would trigger the repeater tax, which is not something that they want to do. So would you have to waive a player in order to bring in Montrezl Harrell? And given that the fit is a little questionable yeah, and clunky, it probably wouldn't happen, right? They probably would not make that kind of investment. I mean, I like the idea of him. Again, like you said, sure. the aggressive rebounding, the fact that he can't put the basket, uh, put the ball in the basket. If it's around the rim, I, I don't necessarily trust him for more than five feet out. Uh, yeah. You you like the spirit, you like the pluck, but a lot of that is kind of empty calories too. Like, he, you know, he was effective in spurts here and there, but I think he wore out his welcome in Washington. He wore out his welcome in Los Angeles. Like, with the Clippers. You're only yeah. getting yeah, or with the Lakers. And too, the Lakers. Right? And yeah. the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, both teams. Yeah. They, they, there's a reason why he's traded as often as he is. It's just because defensively he's not very good. Uh, he tries maybe, or at least makes it seem like he tries. And so that, that kind of masks a lot, but there, he doesn't move his feet well. He just kind of gives up position. Uh, I don't know that he's necessarily as good a fit, too, especially if you've already got Bam you know, clogging up the middle to some degree. And you need Jimmy in order to get to the rim as effectively as he does. And you need Kyle to be able to get to the rim, et cetera. And you already got mm -hmm. Harrell out there, too. Like, you need a floor-spacing big, which is why... P.J. Tucker was as good as he is. I don't, I don't think you want Harrell shooting from the corners the way Tucker was, uh, nor is he quite as capable of putting the ball down with that floater game either. So anyway, I, I just don't think it's going to yeah, happen. It's one of those classic things where the name is there and right. you, you maybe you're a fan of the player. You right. like the player. Right. But then <laughs> I was already against it when we went into this show, and the more you and I have just talked through it, I'm like, yeah, there's no way it's going to happen. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll move on with this question from Max Marshall, a uh, longtime listener and supporter of the show as well. If the Clippers flame out early in the playoffs again, could you see Miami calling for Paul George or Kawhi Leonard? Um, I'm going to go with no on that one. I, I think both of them have kind of written the script for themselves. I think, you know, George, George in particular has gone from Beloved in Indiana, carrying that franchise, welcoming him back after his incredibly terrible, traumatic injury, uh, then trading him to Oklahoma City and saying, I want to be there, and then trading him to Los Angeles yet again. So, like, he's gone through this already. He's back home in Los Angeles. I think he's happy there. He wants to play alongside Kawhi. I think they're in it for the long term at this point. Like, if if George was going to express some kind of desire to be traded elsewhere, wouldn't it have happened over the last couple of years when they were kind of just waiting things out mm. and trying to figure yeah. out what was going to happen with Kawhi? Now that they're looking like championship contenders, I think even if they fall short, I think they would probably run it back the following season. So my feeling is that uh, neither of them want out of Los Angeles, although I'm sure Miami would be happy to inquire about both of their availability. Yeah. I don't think either of them are going to be available. It's a really good point by you, right? Like if Kawhi or Paul George were going to leave, it feels like that would have already happened while Kawhi was dealing with the injury last year. And if Paul George just felt like, I got to carry this team, this is not what I signed up for. Right. Um, but yeah, like they're legit contenders this year. And I'm not the biggest Kawhi guy as like a leader of a basketball team hmm. um, and, and just his overall sort of availability and, that's and Reggie accountability. Jackson. But that's, that's playoff Reggie right there. That Reggie Jackson, I think, Reggie, right. is exactly. the emotional leader of that team. <laughs> He's the heartbeat of that team, which is like, all right, good, I guess. Good luck with that. Um, 
But uh, no, I, I but I really like that team because they're really deep and things like that. So I just I don't see the like that sort of flame out happening necessarily. But also uh, to the point of the question, will Pat Riley call if they don't meet expectations? Yeah, he'll probably call. But I don't anticipate any of them being traded. And, and and you know certainly not to Miami probably. So is that your sleeper uh, pick for a title or, or at least representing the Western it's Conference? It's hardly a sleeper pick, right? The Clippers. I feel like a lot <laughs> okay. of people are, are picking them. I, I guess you're you right. Know, my sleeper is the Nuggets. I feel like people aren't really recognizing, oh, especially when you look at the odds on Bet Online. Like you can get them at like plus fifteen hundred, plus sixteen hundred. So nice play. Anyway. Nice play. Well, you've got one last question to wrap up today's mailback episode. Let's get to it. All right, I'm really excited about this. So my bachelor party is coming up, which I'm very excited about. Uh, but I'm also excited to ask you this question. So mm. when uh, when kind of thinking about your bachelor party, there's just you have to think about obviously who do you want to invite, what kind of people are playing, what roles, where are you going, who needs to do what, who has what responsibilities and jobs and things like that. So I was thinking like if you were planning a bachelor party with the Miami Heat players, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. would fill sort of those roles that are just needed at every bachelor party? So first of all, you have the bachelor. Right. The number one role. You need to have a bachelor at a bachelor party. Okay. So we're going to decide which Heat player is the bachelor, and we're going to go with the other roles, too. You yeah. need a planner. The best friend who's able to, but also somebody who you trust and to put together a, a, a night or a weekend, right? right. So right. you need that as well. You need uh, just sort of an anchor. The anchor to the friend group. Sort of the, friend, the, the, the mom of the, the team mom. Somebody who right. could just, at the end of the night... Take care of things, order the Ubers, make sure everybody gets through the McDonald's drive-through, and and all these things. Like you need you need the mom, you need the anchor. Sure. Um, a wild card. You gotta have a wild card. Somebody who's just you, you never quite know what they're bringing to the table. Oh yeah. But you know it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna keep the party going. Um, and they're fun, right? Kind of a life of the party kind of person. And then you have a middle, and you and, and I, you came up with this name based on a recent Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where Larry David felt like he was a good middle of a table, and it's sort of the same thing on a broadcast, right? You want you want like an Ernie Johnson in the middle who could facilitate conversation from Shaq to Charles Barkley. You need a middle. Nice. You need a middle. So who would be a good middle? Right. So we got a planner, or no, we got the bachelor, right. the planner, right. the anchor, mm-hmm. the middle, and the wild card. So let's start with the bachelor. This is the party that this is being thrown for whom it's being thrown. Uh, who would be the best? Bachelor, who's most like the Bachelor on this team? My, my pick, uh, yeah, is Bam Adebayo. Uh, oh, a Bachelor. He's young, right? Uh, yeah. But at the same time, kind of stable, good family yeah. guy. Talks well about his mom. Obviously, a, a huge influence in his life. Uh, but also, kind of, I, I feel like I'm sure he knows how to have a good time. I know he can go, get to it uh, when he wants to. At the same time, sure. I can imagine him just wanting that kind of stability, finding a good girl that reminds him of his mom and, and wanting to just kind of settle into a, a nice life sure. now that he's the, the the centerpiece of the Miami Heat future. I like Bam Adebayo as a groom. I like it. I'm a little jealous I didn't think of him. Um, I've got Tyler Hero mm. just because he's sort of recently married. and Maybe he just never got Wait. a chance to get around to his bachelor party. Or no, he's not married. No, he's they're not. not married, right? No, no. so that's, that's no, why have, I didn't but, pick him. Is that he's already he's already three steps ahead. He's that he's got child number two on the way and a long term girlfriend, kind of on yeah. and off, off again. But anyway, yeah, I went I went with Tyler just because, um, yeah, maybe that's sort of the next step is sort of the idea. He's also to your, like with Bam, he's young and you kind of just need like some a young kid who needs right. a little bit of guidance and needs to have a good time. Right, Bam's twenty five, Tyler Hero's twenty two. Either one of them, I think, makes the most sense as the Bachelor. Yeah, uh, who's the planner? Uh, with a planner, I went with uh, the old head himself. I went with Adonis. Uh, I think hmm. that's a guy who knows everybody. 
He knows where to get the best deals. He knows where to get the best girls. Uh, if you're planning like something a little bit more wild, uh, back in the day, he probably ran King of Diamonds. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he yeah. could get anything there, and I mean anything there. Uh, having said all that, you probably want that guy who also you know has a good connection. Like he knows all the best restaurants. I know he, he could start off with a nice place there. He has a nice place of his own. I'm sure where he can start off with a good wicker, a liquor yeah. selection, a nice yeah. array of he cigars. He gets you into any club. He gets he's he's getting you into story. He's getting you a table there. He's getting you into live. He's getting in you. He's, and he's getting the private table. Yes, uh, and the good one, not yeah. like the bad ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's a, he's a right choice. He knows enough. He's at the same time he's got his voice. You know, he's connected to the streets, as he likes to say. He, you know, he, yeah, he yeah. still he still have a heavy influence there. He's still a man of the streets. And I think he's the kind of guy that you'd want arranging that kind of a party. But also cultured enough to say, you know what? We could go elsewhere. We could take a trip here. I, I, I talked to Mickey, and he's going to give us his private jet so we can fly to X. You know, that kind of thing. Right. Like, he might not have the money Yeah, we're for taking it. a yacht to Bimini. Right, <laughs> right. Hey, he can do it. And why? Because he's Udonis. And who's going to say no right. to Udonis Hassel? I like it. That's who I had as my planner as well. Oh, I had a backup oh. that I just wanted to give a shout out. Right. Uh, Gabe Vincent. No. Gabe Vincent is so the planner is also usually sort of the best friend, right? Mm -hmm. Of of the bachelor. And I and I've said this before about Gabe Vincent, but you ask like if you just pull like the 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 Heat's locker room and you ask who's your best friend on the team, I feel like fifty percent of the team would say Gabe Vincent. That's and why so I think that's Gabe, why Gabe Vincent is my middle. Is middle. That's, that's right. Middle. Okay. That's right. He is yeah. the middle of the table. He's the one who can talk to everybody. If you invite Duncan to your bachelor party, he can chill with Duncan. You invite Dwayne Dedman, he can talk to Dwayne Dedman. And you know he's yeah. going to be carrying the conversation. He knows what to talk about. The child, the two psychologists. I mean, that's, or, or, or yeah, psychologists, I think. Uh, in, at, I think there's just so much there that he can connect with. He can keep that party going. He's an yes. interesting cat. Uh, I think he's just be a lot of fun to talk to yeah. at the same time. Can I Go ahead. Connect is the is the right word there because because he knows so much about right. everybody on the team. Right. He's like, oh, Duncan, you said this. Actually, that's something that like Tyler oh, that Hero yeah, exactly. was just talking about. Exactly. Like that reminds me of what. And he could just play the middle. Gabe Vincent's the correct answer, and I, I'm glad we we're kind of going down the right road. Udonis could also be a really good middle, just for the record. Like I think if if somebody else were to be the planner, Udonis is cultured enough. He knows so much. He could be a middle as sort of like. Um, like a storyteller, tell yeah. me more about the years with Dwayne Wade and yeah, LeBron yeah. and Chris Bosh and stuff. Point. Like you could, he That's could facilitate like campfire type conversations <laughs> that way. I think he'd um, also be like a little bored. Like you know, he's a little old head. He don't play the video games sure. anymore or anything like that. So at one point, he'd be like, "Man, I don't really care about this conversation." And he just no. At the end of the day, he wants to plan it. He's the puppet master. He wants to get the pri He doesn't want to sit in the middle of the table. He wants to get the private table, sit in a chair at the end, and just sort of observe his right. creation. Yeah, his and boy be happy Bam is getting married. He Sip wants to take it. care of him, etc. Is he a tequila guy, Udonis? I think I've seen him drinking like the 901 stuff or whatever. Or not oh, the, what, what's the, uh, the Don whiskey. Julio? I thought he was a whiskey not the 901. type dude. Is he a whiskey guy? I, whatever. I think so. Whatever he's sipping on. Whiskey something on cigars, the rocks. But that's, that would be my guess. Oh, so who so do we have I'm, less? Then? Sounds we like have... I needed to invite Udonis to my bachelor party, yeah. whiskey and cigars. Who do we have less? Um, so we still have a wild card and we still have an anchor. Also, well, I'll hold it. Um, let's go Let's go anchor next. Uh, <laughs> that's a There's only one, one right answer. Okay, I kind of I kind of waffled on this one, but I think Duncan might be your anchor. Kind of kind of boring, maybe a little bit too much of a wet blanket, but at the same wow. time, I just I just I think Duncan wants to get after it. Duncan's got to let loose a little bit. He can't be he's the got anchor a tonight. Like, 
He's got a girlfriend. No, it doesn't matter. You can you can have fun with a girlfriend. Like, <laughs> yeah, not at a bachelor party. You don't. At least I don't think so. I mean, maybe uh, a bachelor not party that kind of fun. But like, yeah, I don't want to. I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm not going to put Duncan as the anchor because he needs to let loose a little bit. We're not going to make Duncan Robinson the anchor. All he right. needs to just have Here's, a good night. It's Kyle Lowry. That's a good one. It's Kyle Lowry. That's a good one. Uh, he, he lets yeah. the, he lets the boys have their freedom, and at the same time, kind of brings them back. He says, "All right, slow down, slow down." Yeah, I could yeah. see it. He's a he's a floor general. He's seeing it all happen. Yes. He knows exactly when to let them loose and when to pull them back. Right. I get it. Right. Totally. When, Love the when somebody needs an assist, somebody needs to get a bucket, maybe for a little bit of puke. In that case, like <laughs> throw up into a bucket, <laughs> like he could do it that way. Yeah. I don't know that this has been reported before, but Kyle Lowry was the player who organized the entire Bahamas trip at, on the cusp of the playoffs last year. He would have been a good heat, planner like, too, he, then, right? He would have been a good planner. I thought about him as planner too, but I just don't think that he knows. Like we're talking about the Miami Heat, I don't know that he's like. like Udonis is the right answer. Like he's he would Kyle Lowry would have been a good planner, but Udonis is the correct answer. Um, but so then, yeah, I think he's the mom of the group. I think he's the anchor. He's yeah. the responsible one. Yeah. He gets everybody the hotel rooms. He makes sure uh, that everybody's back has the room keys, gets back just in time. Like I said, you go through the Taco Bell, the, the McDonald's drive-through late at night to just stave off the hangover for the next day, just a little bit. And things like that. I think they could the do a wild than card. McDonald's. That's, uh, I'm just putting that out. Too. Do not ever say you could do better than McDonald's. I won't stand for that. It's my favorite <laughs> restaurant. Wild, wild Jimmy card. Jimmy Butler. Like, I, Correct. I, I think that's only the answer. only answer. Like, you never yeah. know where you're getting. Where you're going to go to a winery. You're going to get like a trip of a coffee place. I, you're What's going to Italy. You're going to the Caribbean. Yeah. Who knows? Like, you never know what Jimmy. Oh, hey, I got his tickets to, you know, go see Real Madrid or something like that. Like, uh, right, right. It could be anything. It could be a, a soccer Jimmy Butler is the guy that shows up with extensions. And you're like, where did those come from? <laughs> like he's just he's a complete wild card yeah and he shows and, up with extensions for everybody too a hairdresser like uh, everybody gets their own private hairdresser it's like okay i guess i mean can I you can you imagine the bachelor tyler hero wearing those extensions i mean yes i could and that's sad I, yes. actually yes i could um <laughs> uh jimmy butler is the wild card absolutely no question about it yeah, yeah. yeah oh it's a fun it's, bachelor hell, it's also so you're like oh I, I talked to my boy mark Wahlberg. uh we're gonna go out to a premiere <laughs> Then we're gonna Mark fly Wahlberg's to Japan. Coming, this is gonna be like a week long bachelor trip, and that's I think it's necessary. That's the wild card, right? They kind of they kind of just keep kickstarting the party, right? All night. Once right. it feels like it's dying down, he comes up with something. It's like it's like one in the morning. Hey, you guys want to go to Russia? Like you ever had vodka in Russia? And it's like next thing you know, right. you're in a private. Next show. thing, you know, yeah, there's a PJ outside. You hop on, you're in Russia. Maybe not now, but uh, <laughs> yeah, like next thing you know, point. Mark Wahlberg shows up to the party, and you're like, what? Right. He's waiting for like, what you. Was it like, uh, what, like, what was it like filming The Departed? And, like, now you have, like, a whole conversation for the rest right. of the night. Like, and then good. Gabe kind of carries the conversation. Right. Udonis, by that point, is like, I don't need to plan shit. I'm fine. Yeah, the interesting thing about in. The Departed, says Gabe of. Vincent, is there was a psychiatrist in that movie, and my parents were psychiatrists. And, like, yeah, just keeps going. <laughs> Let us know if we're wrong or off base, because I'm curious to hear your all thoughts. But uh, I think we're, I think we nailed it, to be 100% honest with you. This is the kind of question. So, that's just... It just makes me sad that you're not a member of the Miami Heat, so you can't have these kind of guys. It kind of makes guys. me sad, too. Now I'm, like, less excited about my own bachelor party. This one sounds way more, way more fun. You need new, better friends. You need the Miami Heat. Sorry. No, I, no. Need, I need to befriend the Miami Heat. You're right. That's my problem. Well, thanks for, thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Uh, make sure to make your second listen, Lockdown NBA. Latest news and rumors about the NBA. And whether you want to know about Donovan Mitchell or if you want to know what's going on with Chet Holgram, season-ending injury, etc., and so much more, make sure to check in with Locked on NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. This is David Ramil signing off for now. Thanks so much for joining me, Wes. Wrap it up, B. 